There is a sound in the universe. Father God is the composer, and the Holy Spirit is the conductor. And the song is all about Jesus, the Son. And every melody and every harmony that joins in sings his praises. For from him and to him were all things made, and to him be all glory forever and ever. He is the master musician. Can you hear the song rising? I've had many of you ask me, how did you get James Earl Jones in the studio? <laughs> I didn't. That's a pastor friend of mine named Pastor Everett. I actually, I think I may have teared up in him recording for like 45 seconds. I was like, that was beautiful. But uh, we are in this series uh, called The Master Musician. We're using uh, music terms as a metaphor just, to, just for fun to kind of help communicate the gospel and God's love for you and God's plan in the world. How many know that God is creator, right? He created all, all things. And so uh, we're going to look at a quick recap of last week, super quick. We talked about theory and theology, okay? Today we're talking about harmony. Next week we're talking about improvisation, all right? So we're going to do a quick recap uh, of last week. These are the four things that we said Everybody, if you'd just be real cheesy with me and hold up four fingers. Here we go. This is what we said. We said life, right? It's like a song. It's all about bringing glory to the Lamb of God, Jesus. The second thing we said, that God is faithful, we are not. Right? How many of you guys would ever just, come on, admit that there are times when you blow it and God's still good to you? All right? So that's a very important premise in this thing called life. Number three, the Bible is the eternal word of God. Our source of all truth. It's the sheet music, if you will. Okay? And number four, God liberates us through Jesus. Can everybody just say that last point because it's the most important? God liberates us through Jesus. Do you liberate yourself through your good works? No. That's where we spent the last 10 minutes, right? Last week, we can't uh, just get our act together. We have to come to Jesus, admit our sin, and let him put a new nature in. In us, the prophet says, I will give them a new heart and make them like a new person. Amen? All right, so today, we're t we're, that was, that's a lot of theory and theology, right? Um, now, again, we're, we're not hitting all 16 fundamental truths of the assemblies because we'll keep you here uh, till midnight. And all of y'all said, Amen. Ain't nobody got time for that. All right, uh, so today, we're talking about harmony. All right, harmony. So what is, what is harmony? Harmony is when two notes, right, are sung or played together. All right? So how many guys realize that maybe without even knowing it, you were harmonizing just a little bit ago? How many in worship heard some harmony notes going around around you? Around you? Did anybody else hear that? Right? And what, what's funny is you might not even know it because you're just enjoying the song. Right? And we're going to talk about that a lot, which that's the beauty of harmony, is it complements the song and that we enjoy the song. Again, the song, life, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Everybody say, it's all about Jesus. So harmony, I want to say this, everyone is needed to make the song complete. Everyone is needed to make the song complete. So playing music together, in other words, living life together, following Jesus together, why is it important? It's important that you let the Holy Spirit do the conducting and that you let him lead you. And I want you to know you are needed in this church. We just got a very visual, visual picture of that just now, didn't we, with this family. How many guys realize Rowan and is it Braxton? They're going to enter youth group. I know, that's scary. Dude, my, my daughter entered youth group. Sayla said she was going to youth group a couple months ago. I said, no, you're not. She's like, I'm old enough. I'm like, what? No. I'm, let me ask the pastor. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you are old enough, right? 
I couldn't believe it. So there's going to be a day when they enter youth group. And I want to ask you a question, Cody. Do you think it would be so important to you and your wife if there's a solid Christian youth leader there? How cool would it be if there's four or five? You guys getting it, right? We need you. And I want to tell you, this city needs you. This is why we're planting churches, to obey uh, God's voice, but also to simply reach the lost because it's this, this uh, you know, imperative that we see in the Bible. There are a lot of lost people in Cortland. And you know what? There's a team, there's a crew there, the Rosenbergers, the Gwens, uh, the Smiths, Tom and Lori Smiths, right? Jeremiah and Abby C. There's a crew there. But we need you. If you live in Cortland, we need you to start serving there. Let me say that again. If you live in Cortland, we need you to start serving there. Because this is what God put on my heart. One of the first things God put on my heart when I was praying in 2015 and 16 about this role, I kept hearing the Holy Spirit say, we got to turn believers into disciple makers. We got to. In fact, let me tell you a little story about that. Levi is my nephew. We have a lot of funny Levi stories, don't we, Mom? A lot. Uh, Levi was on the uh, autism spectrum, and he's doing great now. How many of you guys follow Levi's story? You follow them on Facebook? He's doing great. So with Levi, you just never know what he's going to say. I'll, I'll, I'll give you two stories. How many want two Levi stories? The last time I visited them in Chicago, I'll never forget, because I just drove eight hours to see them, right? And I rolled the window down and said, Levi, he goes, oh, you're here, and just drives around, just drives away. I was like, good to see you too, buddy. That's Levi. Oh, you're here, and drives away. A couple months ago, they get out of church, and Damien is the pastor. Damien is his dad, Okay. And he says, hold on, i got to keep a straight face. He says, Dad, I'm never going to be a pastor. And Damon's like, oh, Levi, why, buddy? He goes, I'm just going to be a customer. <laughs> Let that sink in for a minute. Because at first, right, you're laughing. Now you're like, oh, no, I think that's me. <laughs> right? Right? A little bit of sugar makes the medicine go down. If you've been here... Right? And you've been serving for 10 years. Come on. We need you. Here, let me tell the story again. So Levi, he says, when I get older, I'm just going to be a customer. <laughs> we don't need customers. Customers don't transform cities. Right? We need you to pray about serving God by serving people. Are you, am I, are you guys okay? All right, here we go. Don't be a customer. Turn to your friend, turn to your neighbor, your spouse, say, don't be a customer. <laughs> I just had a funny thought, Crossman. We should, where's Kathy? We should have a sign on the, on the exit. Would worship here again? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So you're rating us on Yelp. No, okay. Here we go. I'll stop. A lot of jokes are going through my head right now, but I'll stop. All right, actually, this is actual footage of Tom Smith serving in Cortland. I've got actual footage. Uh, it took me a while to capture this. This is actual footage of Tom Smith serving in five ministries at Cortland. Watch closely. He's an usher. He's a greeter. He plows the snow. <laughs> I love this part. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening there. I have no idea. This just came up on Facebook, okay? I just thought it was awesome. <laughs> Plays his own intro music. Pretty impressive, actually. I know, it just keeps getting funnier. I don't even know why. It's so stupid. But 
right, listen, that's funny, right? But I want you to understand, I went down to guess, I went down to preach, you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And Tom Smith was on the welcome team. And then I walked out to grab a water and he's holding a baby. I said, Tom, you're on nursery too today? He said, yeah, I've got about four ministries here. We need help. I said, I'm tell- I've, t- I've asked, but I want to ask again. Turn to your neighbor say, we need you. Now, listen, if you live in Greenville, PA, I'm not, I'm not asking you, but I'm saying if Cortland's your city, come on now. It's time to love your city and say, I can come serve once a month. Amen? All right. Do you guys like the actual footage of Tom Smith? <laughs> I, I need to show him that because I haven't even showed him that. Uh, the song. What did we say last week? The song is all about bringing glory to Jesus. So let's get back to this idea about harmony, how I need you and you need me. There's four keys to harmony, pun intended. There's four keys to harmony. Okay, here's the first one. Listen to the other parts. Listen to the other parts. Okay? Listen to the other parts. Two, nail your part. These are musical terms that are given often in the context of a band or an album being done. Keep in sync, right, with the heartbeat of God. And number four, it's all about the song. It's all about the song. So number one, listen to the other notes and the parts and pay attention to the conductor. Now, if you remember last week, we said the Holy Spirit is the conductor. He's the voice of God on the earth conducting this whole thing. Value someone else as equal to yourself. Now, hold on. i got to say this a few times. Because this is getting harder and harder. In 20, now we're in 2021, right? Is that the year? Yes. I don't know why I asked that. Okay. Value their personality, though it's different than yours. Value their background. They come to your life group. Value their background being different than yours. Their spiritual gifts being Different. Everybody say different. Different than yours. Their opinion as equal to your own. What? No. No, no, Pastor Jordan, I don't think you understand. I am here to teach all things to all people. We may never say that, but sometimes I think that's how we act. And so I want to read that again. When you harmonize, you have to value someone else's part as equal to your own. Right? When someone shows up to your life group, when someone comes to your house, when someone comes in on a Sunday morning, you're treating them like you would want to be treated. You're going to value their personality being different than yours. Now, I get it. You want your opinion on how that scripture is interpreted or your opinion on this or that valued. And that's important. I get it. You're passionate. But Christian, be careful to guard unity. Be careful to guard unity. Let me say it one more time. I get it that you're passionate about some things. But be careful to guard unity. The Bible talks a lot about the importance of unity and harmony. The Apostle Paul uses that word twice, actually. We're going to go there in just a minute, talking about it. In fact, I want to put up this uh, footage here. Just, I want you to picture the Holy Spirit as a conductor. Father God is the composer. The song is all about Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is conducting this whole thing called life. The Holy Spirit is that one who says, shh, at times. And sometimes he says, speak up. Right? Sometimes he says, shh. Some of you are like, I don't want to be shushed. Anybody else have the Holy Spirit just shush you? Sometimes he's like, why? He's the conductor. And he knows what he's doing. He's the Holy Spirit. He's a creative arm of God. And he's orchestrating this whole thing. Mick, he knows what parts you play. Brandon, he knows what part you play. And I don't just mean like G-A-B on bass. I mean 
the actual part that you play in the body of Christ. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit, how God does this. He is the one who ensures that you stay on point with the song. What happens when the musician or the violin in the first chair, right? Well, they wouldn't be in the first chair if this is their case, but maybe they, they, they go in their own world. If they go in their own world and they not pay attention to the voice of the Holy Spirit and to the direction of the Holy Spirit, then the song becomes a little messy, right? He ensures that you're harmonizing with the other musicians, that you're playing as one. Remember, because it's all about the song. And what did we say last week? The song is about bringing glory to the Lamb. And what brings the Lamb the most glory? When people come to Jesus. Let me say it again. What brings the Lamb the most glory? When people come to Jesus. So what is your part in bringing people to Jesus? That's a question we're going to keep asking throughout this sermon. Let's go back to our music uh, metaphor here. Right? We said last week that there's these seven primary notes. Well, each of these have a corresponding harmony. C and E, D and F, E and G, and every scale is that way. Right? And have you guys ever just heard like a great, in fact, just curious, has anybody been up to the Cleveland um, Orchestra up there? You should go up there sometime. It was like one of the most best experiences. How many are more like, you know, I'm more of a trans-Siberian uh, right. Yeah, all of you. Wow. <laughs> that, was, that was not even like at all polarized. Like nobody. And then I was like, I just said rock. And you guys were like, yes. Right. Like 93.5, the wolf. No, I don't know what you, what you listen to. But Okay, everybody who just agreed with that, you need to get saved. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, here we go. In all of those songs, whether it's rock, whether it's an orchestra, whether it's whatever, you're going to hear harmonizing notes. And those notes are designed to work together. And I want to say you are designed to show the goodness of God to others. You are designed to work with others. You are designed to play your part with others. You are designed by God, the master musician, to sing the song of heaven. We said last week, you are not fully yourself, who God made you to be, until you not only hear the song of heaven, but you submit to the song of heaven and you start glorifying Jesus because you will worship something. You're a worshiper. I'm a worshiper. You're a worshiper. Everybody is a worshiper. It's not a matter of whether you worship. It's a matter of what you worship. And so as you worship Jesus, and then you find the beauty of worshiping Jesus with others, and I don't just mean singing. I'm talking about working together to bring praise to the Lamb. And there's all kinds of ways you can do this, right? I look out, and I see Jimmy and Jesse, and I see Dave and Shane. I see Jim and Nancy. I see all these people who open their home and say, hey, we're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about how to make your marriage godly and glorifying to Jesus, we're going to talk about how to make your life glorifying to Jesus, right? Bob's been leading a men's group at his house, I think, since 1914, right? Something like that. <laughs> Sorry. He's going to get me for that later. He's been leading men to love Jesus, teaching them how to harmonize and sing the song of heaven for years. It's unbelievable, it's unbelievable. So what did we say? We said, you've got to listen to the other musicians. Now, I want to nerd out and give you a little visual illustration, right? Well, not really visual, more of it. just want you to listen to this, this uh, little Christmas song. And we're just going to play the first, like, 30 seconds. And when the trumpet comes in, I want you to hear how the trumpet, I love this, mu this musician I met at Grove City College. Oh, man, he is the man. Anyway, so listen to Andy play the trumpet and how he's listening to the guitar. All right, let's play this. Listen when he comes in. Okay, here comes a harmony. Yeah, this harmony. Okay, that's good. All right, now he switches then to melody. 
And when he switches to melody, what do I do? Still my part? No. You got to just rhythm. And how many, how many is a musician in here? Can you raise your hand real quick? How many you know what I'm talking about? There's parts. And when someone plays their part, you're complimenting. I always say your goal is to complement, not to complicate. Oh, come on. That'll preach about five sermons right there. Some of you are like, I'll tell you, my spouse has been complicating me. I saw, I saw a couple of you do this. It's so funny when I'm preaching and you elbow your spouse. Sir, I can see you. I just want to tell you that. <laughs> Literally. I won't point you out, and I won't say your name because I have a funny habit of that. But anyway, um, listen. listen to the other part. You see, if Andy said, well, no, man, I'm going to do my own thing. I know we're in D minor right now, but I'm just going to go up to the key of G. I'd be like, right? Now, what happens to the song? It's kind of messed up now. See, what Andy knows, because he's a great musician, is it's all about the song. It's all about the song. So when the song is being played, you want, right, the listener to enjoy that melody. And if that melody, if that harmony is too loud, then he'll, he'll back up from the mic a little bit, just like a, a singer would do the same. Because your goal is to complement, not complicate. You guys doing okay? Half of playing is listening. I always tell that. Half of playing is listening. You are made to worship Jesus. You're made to be a worshiper and to glorify the Lamb by doing your part. So number two, nail your part. This is something that vocalists say, not to each other because that would be <laughs> maybe rude, but that's what you hear like when, when you're in music college or whatever. Hey, we, we got to nail your part. Hey, soprano, say you got to nail that part. So here's what I want to say. Give more attention to the note you're singing. Guys, I'm too busy to be offended. Let me reword that, right? You see, I've noticed a pattern. Can I be real with you? Let me come down here because it helps. All right. I've noticed a pattern. And Pastor Mark, my dad and mom have probably noticed this too. I've noticed a pattern. People who are really easily offended usually aren't serving in the church. So it's really easy to say, let me tell you about. So imagine an orchestra, right? Imagine you're in an orchestra. So Jesse, you're, you're here. Come help me. Come help me. You be my Vanna White. I just, she loves that. She loves when I point out. Thank you for your voluntoldness. Oh, Jesse, you're so sweet. I know, we look nothing alike. All right, so imagine, right, here's my sheet music, and here's the conductor, and let's say you're playing your part, and I'm right here, and I go, hey, measure nine, measure nine, hey, measure nine, hey, 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 you need, that needs to be staccato, it needs to be staccato, you are legato, you need to be staccato. Okay, how many think she would get a little annoyed? Question two, how many think the conductor's going to get annoyed? Because I'm so busy correcting her part, I'm not doing my part. All right, you may be seated. Thank you, Vanna. Now, sometimes you got to speak a little truth and love your brother. Absolutely, absolutely. In humility, in privacy. Can I say again? In humility, in privacy. But a lot of times harmony isn't taking place in the body of Christ because we're too busy looking at someone else's sheet music, right? Nail your part. Nail your part. Be so in it of what you're doing to serve God, you will find a lot more joy in the song. Amen? Nail your part. Focus on the part the conductor gave you. Yes, so you're supposed to listen to the others. Absolutely. Make sure you're working together with them. Absolutely. But nail your part. Let me say it like this. Stop trying to be another person. If you're a tuba, be a tuba. Rock that tuba. Right? If you're a drummer, be a drummer. If you're an alto singer, be an alto singer. Again, I'm using, I'm using this as a metaphor, though. 
right? So if your gift is hospitality, man, life group, you just, you just like welcome everybody. You hug everybody. You're like, I've got 75 side dishes. <laughs> I got casserole this and tater tot that. You just tater tot that thing to death. You know what I'm saying? Use that gift. But don't try to be another person. I had a pastor, it broke my heart the other day. He said something. He said, well, I'm just not that. And I said, well, don't try to be that. Be you. Who's God asked you to be? I'm telling you, you will miss the joy of the song if you're trying to play someone else's part. Play your part. Amen? I ordered some books uh, that my dad and I have handed out over the years here that are just really good. One of John Bevere's best books called The Bait of Satan. And um, they came in on Friday, and so I blew it. I was, I was going to come by after a pastor's meeting and then and be here and then pick them up, and so I blew it. But uh, I'll have those here next week. And I bought one for every single household. I called them and begged them and said, hey, um, I want to reach our city. And I think because we reach our city, uh, we have so many people, I think, in the Christian world and all of America, right? Not just Kinsmen and, and Vernon and, and Cortland, but we get uh, offended so easily that we're not transforming our city. And so I shared my heart and, and I said, can you give me half off? He said, yes. So they said, yes. So they literally gave us these books for seven bucks a piece. So if you want a high five messenger international, I don't know how you do that. But anyway, uh, yeah, John Bevere's ministry is excellent. I got one for every single household. So those will be here next week. And I want to encourage you to read that and, um, and let God speak to your heart. Okay. Let God speak to your heart. Turn to first Thessalonians four. I gave you so much scripture last week. I want to give you a few course today too. I love this. First Thess- Thessalonians 4, 9 through 12. Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you. You yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. So God speaks right to your heart, right? He teaches you to love. For that indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. But we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more, to aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs. Isn't that interesting? Let's read that again. Aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs, to work with your hands, as we instructed you, so that you may walk properly before outsiders. Can I tell you guys the world is watching you? And in the last year and a half, the world has seen a lot of Christians not in harmony. Right? Got to be a little more careful about the song. The song is that Jesus would be given glory. And I humble myself to play my part. Amen? Again, this is the key point of all month long. I want to say this again. Father God is the composer. The Holy Spirit is the conductor. So nail your part, right? Because it's all about bringing glory to Jesus. Number three, keep in sync with the heartbeat of God. How many of you guys have ever heard of the phrase, the rhythm section, right? When you hear the kick and snare drum, Elijah has. When you hear the kick and snare drum and the bass guitar, even the acoustic is usually a part of the rhythm section. There is a rhythm in every song, right? Now, some songs more like an orchestra. You know, there's, there's not a set BPM. But there is, in 99% of music, there's something called the BPM, right? It's the beats per minute, okay? How many guys got one of those family members that just can't clap on time? Can we just laugh about that? Can we just, you know, you know what I'm saying. Everybody's clapping. They're just swatting flies. Anybody? How many is that person? Mom, I see that hand. I see that hand, Mom. I, I'll see you at the altar. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm totally teasing. <laughs> so, right, there's a BPM. I'm in a goofy mood today. Too much coffee. There's a BPM, right? Well, in um, the music world, when you record, there's something called the click. Everybody say the click. The click is awful annoying. How many, you know? Now, I'm used to it now, but Will, would you attest? The click, right? It's like click, 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 
click, right? And you're like, wow, that's inspiring, right? But that's literally what it is. It keeps everybody in sync. Now, here's the thing. When you've been playing a long time, you actually don't even hear the click anymore because you're so on the beat. You're just hearing that kick and snare or whatever you're, you're playing. You're right on the beat. I want to tell you, the more time you get with the heart of God, you'll just start to flow in the heart of God and not even know you're communicating the heart of God. You see, you always hear the click when you're off. Let me say it again. You hear the click, and musicians all know this. You hear the click when you're off. But you don't even hear the click. Will's having a, a pit of a glory moment back there, right? You, how many know when you've been off and the Holy Spirit's like, that was rude, you need to apologize? Right? How many know what I'm talking about? You hear the click when you're off. When you're on, you're enjoying the song. When you get fast or you get slow, the click says, hey, I'm right here. Click, 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 click. And God says, this is the heartbeat. Love the hurting. Love the orphan. Serve the widow. Care for the poor. This is the heartbeat of God. That's the heartbeat of God. That's the heartbeat. That is the BPM of God. This is the heartbeat of God. Serve the lost. Preach the gospel. Adopt the orphan. This is the heartbeat of God. Love your neighbor. Invite them into your home. And when we get outside of that, when we get outside of that, right, that's, that's when we get off the click. And that's when we start missing harmony. Amen? But there is a unity in the mission when we're all about the song. So one of the things that um, a conductor will ask or a producer will ask is they'll say, um, well, what's the song asking for? What's the song asking for? And there's times when I'm with Will or, or anybody in the, in the studio, we're making a song, and maybe you try something and it doesn't work, right? There's been, that's happened to me many times. You try something, you're like, oh, I think this, and it, and it doesn't work. So you say, that's okay, I'm going to try something new. Oh, there we go. That complements the song. Because it's all about, everybody say the song. The song. And what is the song? Glory to the Lamb. One sound, exactly. You see, if I'm so, if, it, if it's not about the song and it's about my part more. My part. Everybody just put your hands on your heart for a second. If it's about my part more than the song, then I'm not willing to lay my part down. Right? Because there's times I've said, I've said, hey, I'm just going to bring this harmony part down three dB. It's too loud. Right? Well, what if the singer says, well, I want to be the star of this song, Mr. Producer. I've never had anybody do that, but if that were to happen, I'd be like, it would be awkward for one. <laughs> But number two, they, they don't say that because they know my job is to make sure the song is best. People hear every lyric of the melody, and they're moved by what's happening in the song. Right? All the collective parts make the song. Everybody doing their part. Let me give you one more visual. This is a, a violinist named Sharon. She's been working with me for about 10 years, and she's amazing. And listen to her add this part. And as you're watching, she's listening to the other parts as she's adding her part. It's an iPhone recording, so the sound is actually not fantastic, but you'll definitely get one, the idea. Two, three, and... So she's listening to that B flat, and then she's up here on the D. See how she's harmonizing with that other string part? So, so let's stop for a second. So there's times, I remember there's many times, she'll be playing her part. I say, okay, for these next eight bars, just going to fade off to nothing. 
I really need you all to hear. Are you guys doing okay this morning? This is my last point. What if she says, well, I will not fade out to nothing. You've offended me. What would that do? First of all, it makes it awkward, right? But how beautiful is if she goes, oh, got it. And then she hears it and she goes, oh, that's because that's where the drums come in. So the producer wants the ear to go to the drums for those eight bars. Right? And then, oh, I'm going to come in measure nine. Got it. And then she comes back in. Everybody doing their part makes the song awesome. Man, hear me this morning. Everybody doing their part makes the song awesome. And you can make the song awesome. You can make the song awesome. For some of you, you just have that sense of safety. You want to keep people safe. Well, then we need you as part of our safety team. We need you as part of our safety team. We could use one or two more in Kinsman. Well, we could use one in Cortland. We could use a couple in Warren when we launch in Warren with Andrew Pitts this August. We need you. If you say, you know, I do like to keep people safe, right? Hey, then we need you. Turn to your neighbor and say, we need you. Some of you say, like, I don't like to keep people safe. I just like to sing. Guess what? Will would say, we need you. Because we want to build another worship team. Why? Because it's not about five people singing for all, it's about you and you and you and you and you and you and you doing your part. Makes the song awesome. Amen? All right, last point. I promise I'll let you go. Here we go. I know I already said this, but I want to say it again. It's all about the song. It's all about the song to the Lamb. You see, the Holy Spirit inspires unity in the mission. The Holy Spirit is a conductor. He inspires unity in the mission. The Holy Spirit inspires unity. In fact, can we all read this together? Let's read this. Unity in the mission to liberate others by telling them about Jesus. So I want to ask you two questions this morning. And I know it's challenging. I hope you guys are okay with being challenged. And if you ever go to a church for like a month or two or three months and you're not challenged, that's, that's actually a bad sign. What we want to do is be challenged by what does the Word of God say and what is the Holy Spirit saying to me about what, what I need to change, right? That's, that's literally a big part of why we have what we call church. So how many of you guys are okay with being challenged? You guys okay? All right. Ask yourself right now, who have I led to Jesus? If the song is all about bringing glory to the Lamb, who have I led to Jesus? Let me ask it this way. Who can I lead to Jesus? Everybody just close your eyes for a minute. Who comes to mind when I say, this person is lost? Okay, think, this person, this coworker is lost. Okay, everybody look up here for a second. Are you being challenged? I'm being challenged. Because this is what I'm saying. If the song is this, and the song is all about bringing glory to Jesus, and the song is about lost people, and we're down here doing our own thing, we say, no, but pastor, I come to church on Sundays. I get that. That's beautiful, and that is awesome, and I'm truly glad you're here. But are you doing your part? Are you doing your part? Because somebody in your world doesn't know Jesus. Bob, someone in your world doesn't know Jesus. Paul, someone in your world doesn't know the song is even happening. They can't hear it yet. And I want to ask you this morning, is there a part that you can play to bring them to Jesus? Is there a part you can play to bring them to Jesus? The answer is yes, right? 
because you all have a part to play. You have gifts that I don't have. Paul, you have gifts. Tab, you have gifts I don't have. Noel, you have gifts I don't have. I need you. And we've got to learn to work together to play one song of glory to Jesus. Because if we don't, if we're just going to say, well, I'm just going to fight this battle over here. I'm just going to fight this battle over here. Then we're missing it. Guys, do you know how many churches are fighting over the carpet color and so they're not reaching their city? I mean, I'm glad we have nice carpet. But do you know what I care so much more about than the carpet color? That a lost person comes to Jesus. Right? And we have to start saying, well, what does God want? What does heaven want? I'll tell you what heaven wants. Glory to Jesus. Can you stand up to your feet? I want to say it again. What does heaven want from you? Glory to Jesus. And what brings the greatest glory? The lost coming to Jesus. I'm sure you guys have heard about the Moravians, right? Have you guys heard about the Moravians? God asked them to go off to this island to sell themselves as slaves. And as they're getting on the ship, leaving what they know to be life and their relatives, they said, may the lamb receive the reward of his sufferings. Willing to lay down everything in their life to give glory to Jesus. What are you willing to lay down? Can you just put your hand on your heart? If you will, and say, God, I'm willing. If you want to play your part, say, God, I'm willing. And if you don't say it, if you don't mean it, it's okay, because this is a challenge. I know it's a fun message, but I know it's also, I know it's also challenging. I know I'm a little bit in your face this morning, but here's the thing. You got to do your part. Do you know why? Jesus is worthy. And there are kids who don't have a home. There are addicts who have no way out of the spiral that they're in. And you might be able to say, you know what? I can be a part of that launch team. I can serve twice a month at that campus in Warren or Cortland, and I can be part of the welcome team. Oh, you need some life discipleship on Wednesdays or Friday nights that you're going to do? I hear you're going to do life discipleship. You're going to do financial coaching. Hey, that's my gifting. Let me help. I want to help get people out of the spiral that they're in. I want to do my part. How many would you say, I'm willing? Can you out loud say, I'm willing? Let's just bow our heads. God, I just feel this morning this call to repentance. In fact, can we do an old-fashioned altar call? If you're able, maybe stay a little bit spaced out from other people. But if you say this message was for me because I've been a customer and I need to repent, I want you to come to the altar and kneel down and I'll be the first to join you. Because I don't know about you, but Jesus is worthy of me doing my part. And I, I don't want to stand before Jesus. I don't want to stand before Jesus and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't have the time. If you're willing, if you want to come repent this morning, I'm going to be the first to join you and just bow at this altar. Because I want to do my part. And if that's you, if you want to join me and repent and say, God, forgive me for the times I've demanded my own way and cared too much about other people's part. Help me find my part. You can come join me at the altar.
Jesus, forgive us. God, there's times when we've insisted our own way. God, there's been times in this last year when we've gone a week, two, three, four weeks so worried about someone else's blame. And we've completely not even seen the lost person that we work next to every day. God, there's been times in this last year when we've been so offended that we've not seen the person who's hurting every single day. Forgive us. Can we just all say forgive us? Wash us clean, Lord. Bring us back to the cross. Bring us back to the cross, Jesus, where you are glorified, where you are lifted high. God, where we find joy in bringing you worship, in serving you by serving others. Forgive us, Lord. Jesus, wash us clean. Wash us clean, Lord. Every part of our heart that is selfish, self-serving, take it out. God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Would you be bold enough to pray that with me? Say, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Help me hear the song of heaven. Jesus, we want to bring you glory. We want to bring you glory. Jesus, we want to bring you glory. Jesus, you are worthy. Jesus, you died. You stretched out your arms. Lord, you suffocated. You couldn't breathe as you were hanging on the cross. And you did that for lost people. Help me to see them. Help me to see them. Help me to care about them the way you care about them. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Make me an instrument in your hands, God. Can everybody look right here? I just want to tell you something. I have this old guitar I used in this sermon about three years ago, maybe. It's 60 years old. It's been dropped tons of times. It's got nicks all over it. It's all beat up. I mean, if you look at this guitar, you'd think, man, that guitar has seen better days. And do you know it sounds amazing? So if this morning... You think, Pastor Jordan, I have too much in my past to be used by God. How many have ever given God that excuse? It's probably the whole church, right? I see a lot of heads nodding, right? I'm too beat up. I can't be a part of any sort of church leadership team. No, you see, you don't know what I've dealt with. If you say, I'm broken, I have news for you. Join the club. We're all broken. We're all messed up. Jesus forgives us. Jesus washes us clean. And I want to tell you, with all the dents and the marks and the scratches, in the hands of God, you can make an incredible sound. Amen? Let me pray for you. God, I pray that you just bless every family. I pray they would hear the song of heaven. 
God, that every family within the sound of my voice would have a heart like that old song that said, God, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord, take my feet. Take my life, Lord, speak to me. If you can use anything, Lord, use me. Let us be a instrument in your hands. If that's you, would you raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. I want to be an instrument in God's hands. God, thank you for speaking to us today. Once again, we give you our lives. You are worthy. I want to give you a chance, if you don't know Jesus, to surrender your heart. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, right now, if you feel God speaking to you, you feel something happening in your chest, then that is God's love trying to invite you into his family. That's Father God saying, let me love you. If you want to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, like we just talked about, the one who died in your place, if you say, I need to commit to, life, to my life to God, then you raise, can you raise your hand nice and high? And I want to pray a prayer with you. I won't have you come forward. Raise your hand nice and high, and we're going to pray with you. I want to pray in case anyone's li listening online, because we've had people give their hearts to Jesus online at home. In fact, can we all pray it together? I love when we do that. Dear Heavenly Father, I realize I'm so broken without you. I make a mess of things without you, and that's my sin. Jesus, thank you for dying in my place, for crawling upon that cross and taking the punishment that I definitely deserved. Thank you, Father, for sending your son. I surrender my life to you. I commit to following you. When it's difficult and when it's easy, I commit to following you because you're worthy, Jesus. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Can we give God a shout of praise for his word? He is so... God. God is so good to us.